Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 34. Just a reminder, you can find all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, and that is youtube.com slash callthatgirl. This show is about Microsoft Outlook and Office 365, Microsoft Exchange Migrations, and other technically entertaining stories I can share from my week. And just remember, if you need help with learning Office 365, I am available for hire by the project or hour, and as well, I give tech discounts, which we will talk about in the show. I had a fan call in and ask for some help, and that's a quite a little interesting story. That guy challenged me, of course. But anyway, you can email me at lisa at callthatgirl.biz, and you can call me at 612-865-4475. Before we get going, I'd like to take a moment to thank our show sponsor, AppRiver, who have been my uh, preferred partner for Office 365 sales for almost three years now. And they give phenomenal sales and technical support 24 hours a day. So if you are interested in becoming a reseller with Microsoft and want to just have that that uh, that partner you can call and, and you know help you with little issues all the time, which is why I love them, <laughs> which is why I, I depend on them. If I have a DNS chase going on, they're my go-to people that help me chase that down. You can contact my rep, Steve Harris, at sharris at appriver.com. Okay, so this show today, folks, is going to be, uh, of course, my stories, and I have a guest today, Rob from Soho Tech, and we're going to start the show off by just doing a thank you and a farewell to Podnuts. I've been with Podnuts since 2013, and uh, the time has come for me to go on my own. I will just let you know that nothing bad happened. <laughs> There's no drama, no issues. It was just time for uh, them. Th- they're making some changes. I'm making some changes. So with that, I went on my own and I started hosting the shows over at the Podbean, which is a very popular site, by the way. I'm finding a lot of other folks are there as well. So your feeds that you've had through iTunes with, um, I don't know how it all really works, but you might have noticed some changes. So just to let you know that um, you'll see those changes in your feed, your podcasting, and the shows might be out of order, but they're all there. And you can go to iTunes and refresh your subscription, I think. Um, i just letting you know that I've been watching people join up with the new site here. And I've got about 1,254 plays, which I don't think that's like real plays. I think it's just downloads, but... Whatever, so I know that it's working. Um, I just got to put a big thank you out to Door to Door Geek, Stephen McLaughlin, who has been a tremendous help with me since I started the show there and you know, helping me learn to podcast and how to do things and what not to say, what to say. <laughs> and uh, he made the transition just very seamless for me, guided me through the whole thing, uh, very helpful. And I also got to thank... Of course, the founder of Podnuts, Steve Cherbino, who I uh, was on his show in 2010. And I remember that first podcast show like yesterday. I was in my huge office. 
I had no idea what a podcast show was. We were live on the air and here I was trying to figure out my mic and my camera and it was just a mess and I had this huge office and you could uh, hear the echo in the background and it was pretty horrifying, but I'll put the first show I was ever on in the show notes so you can listen and laugh. But Steve, uh, did, Steve had me on a few shows when he was there and then I remember in the first show I ever did, you know, we kind of chuckled that I could have my own show one day and little did he know a few years later I did because I'm a talking head and I like to talk and share stories. So that's what makes podcasting so great. Right. Um, and then I also want to thank Jeff Hallish. I've been on his show many times. I hopefully will still be on his show coming up, but, uh, you know, I'm always going to, you know, still support the Podnuts Network and I wish everybody here would as well. And I think that they have some new shows coming up maybe so you might want to go to podnuts.com and just a reminder they got a new website also so time to go back and check things out over there folks all right so like i said the new shows are up uh the nice thing about me self-publishing is that mitch hammond my audio engineer and right after the show is done we're going to just instantly get it out and get it off our table for the week. So these are going to be consistently every, so far we've been doing them every Saturday. Today is January 16th, Saturday at 3.13. So it should be up here as soon as possible. And you can find out what really just happened today and last week and keep up a little faster. Oh, okay, so before we get into any stories, I got to tell you, this is one of those this just happened moments. It's kind of funny because in our tech world, only us techs get the tech humor of the, the stories we share with each other. And so uh, my my white label partner, who I'm going to now refer as my tech partner, because I hate using the word white label when really he's just my tech partner. He's actually my tech, but literally I got to use the word partner, I guess. So anyway, we sell the service plan now, which I've talked about for a while, and it's uh, 240 bucks a year. And we, you know, instruct the clients to call his phone line, bypass me day to day. And so sometimes if they're busy, I will get a voicemail. And so a client called in, it was just about two hours ago. One voicemail came in and another voicemail came in. And then I get those through a system. Then on my personal phone line, I got a voicemail and I listened to it and I'm like, holy smokes, what's the like crisis? Three voicemails. And so um, my tech partner and I actually use a chat module like all the time to talk to each other. And um, and he then, <laughs> this is so funny, he goes, so the two voicemails come in, I get a voicemail, he sends me a text saying, I'm going to take care of her in just a little bit, I'm on an emergency call. And I'm like, holy smokes, what's the panic? And you all know that when people you know, call and leave voicemail, then they go email you and then they, then they text you. They're all like, it's like they can't communicate fast enough over nothing. That's an emergency. And so that kind of is one of those things that no matter what you could tell a client, okay, we got your one voicemail. They will still call multiple times and do that. And it's just their personality, which I love this client. She's really fun. But I just, you know, had to laugh. Cause I'm like, what the well, holy smokes, what's going on? Right. So, <laughs> this is where it gets good. So anyway, I'm on the phone with them. We're talking about it. 
And he's like, oh, my God, I got to let you go. She just, okay, I can't even stop laughing. Hold on. He goes, hold on, I got to let you go. She just emailed me. This is, like, the best part. She just said, my friend who knows a little bit about computers is coming over to help fix <laughs> the urgency of him to, like, get me off the phone because – we all know that that friend or neighbor coming over is going to destroy whatever work we've done. <laughs> so anyway, he hangs up with me and goes and tells her, hey, just to let you know that if you have that friend touch anything, it voids the warranty work. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Sorry, I got to stop laughing. So anyway, he calls me back and, and then says, okay, the fire's put out. The friend ain't going to touch it. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's <laughs> just... What I love about him is that he saw that and was like, he put that into urgency level. Nobody wants anybody touching our work. And a friend who knows about computers is like the best part. I think that's fun. That's hilarious. Okay. So anyway, I got to move on. But uh, that to me is the tech humor of the day. And that actually made me cry laughing. That just that, just the whole, just the whole, the friend coming over urgency. I literally laughed with tears, and so I appreciate the humor in the little things on a Saturday when I wasn't supposed to be working. Okay. Anyway, another notice I have for you folks is Matt Rodella and I are working on a project. If you know of Matt through our tech circles, he owns a tech site builder website, which oddly enough was founded by Steve Cherubino as well. And Matt took that over some time ago, revamped it. It's in its third edition and it is just called the tech site builder. Now I'll have a link in the show notes for that. So you can check it out. Um, and him and I are going to be doing some project work together here. We haven't finalized the details, but cause we both have gotten out of um, you know, tech repair in general, and we've built it into our niche worlds. This is what we're going to help folks with is how to do the things we did to get out of doing everything and yet focus on what we love doing. Okay. On with the show. Finally, that migration whiz is done. Ugh. I think I was on three weeks of that and it would have been done if the DNS stuff would have just worked, which it didn't, oh, it was very frustrating, folks. So the company, I'm just going to just put it out there. Gate.com is the company I worked with on this migration. They have very outdated control panel uh, systems. So a typical control panel, when I log into it, I don't have problems. Things just update. They just work. Yeah, you might have a snag here and there. Nothing serious, but, you know, that's why I have AppRipper to help me because they go to fine-tune stuff, right, if I can't or don't know. Okay, this gate.com, uh, I've probably called them six times in this past three weeks. They had a name server change, which I had to do for the client too, which was a struggle just to figure it out. And because I'm not a DNS expert, I just... I got it to happen finally. We got the text record updated. Then I could do the first round with Migration Wiz, which I got to actually see it in progress. And it's so simple to use. I love it. I am going to implement it into my, uh, pretty much if I have uh, four or more clients, I think that's when I'll probably use it. But um, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do with it at the end. So anyway, 
I, I got all the records in, I, I did the verification, and then I started the first round of migration work, and two of the users had a 12 gig and 14 gig, and I went back to 2005. So, I mean, I had to really go back. And, uh, it, you know, it wouldn't have been you know, 12 and 14 if I haven't gone back to the day they started the company, pretty much. But they wanted it all, and I was like, hey, you, you know, you're paying for it. Who cares, right? Okay, so I got the first pass done, and then, of course, I had to figure out a time when I was going to actually do her migration because the owner, I was going to do hers on her computer, and the rest were going to be just online only, which is why I love the migration was because they only did stuff on their phones. So we finally got down to the cutover day, and I had to update the MX record and the, and the auto discover. Auto discover took, but of course the MX record didn't work. And I'm like, why? Ugh, why me? I, it's just so frustrating. I tried, tried, and tried. So the first thing I did was while I was waiting for all this DNS is I did my aftercare. So I kept fine-tuning the Outlook, making it all pretty, doing all the stuff I've told you guys about. And finally I called gate.com and they're like, oh, yeah, you have to take out that period. I'm like, why do you guys have such outdated stuff that I had to call in to actually get this fixed, really? And I had, you know, formed an official complaint to, to their supervisor and said how disturbing it's been working with them and how it's been just really tough because if I don't have a problem, how am I supposed to know? You know, with other with other control panels, it actually says there's an error or whatever. And it's just very frustrating, you know. So I, I'm just letting everybody know that. I'm not saying that they have bad customer service or they have bad products. But if you are working with them on an issue like this, just make sure that you have understanding that their systems are outdated. And if you're not seeing your results, to call in and probably go to a supervisor level right away. <laughs> because the first few calls I had was with their first level people. It just didn't go well. Anyway, all right, so that is done, and eventually I did the final pass through with my was, and it all worked out great, and I'm very happy with the product, and I do plan on implementing it. Um, I think what I'm going to do is now that I figured it out, I'm going to be working on the systems a little bit more, and try to figure out how, because instead of us backing up the, um, backing up all the data locally, if it's definitely IMAP to IMAP. I know I can, um, one second here, folks, I have a quick glitch to fix. Um, I need to, um, I'm sorry, just one delay here, one second. Okay, here we go. Okay, sorry I had a little technical glitch. Um, I do want to implement it. I just need to figure out how and where and the pricing because, like I was saying, when I back up people's stuff on their local computer, that's great. But if they're doing IMAP to IMAP, then I could just do it on there and then do the fine-tuning. But either way, I just don't feel confident with using it as 100% no interaction needed by a technician. Even though they have another product that does that, I... I just, I just don't know if I can trust that yet, but we'll see in time. But anyway, I am a fan, and I loved it and loved watching the email go in the cloud. 
All right, so Windows 10 and Outlook 2016 is a beast. Just letting you folks know that. Uh, it has become my new uh, top troubleshooting call I'm probably getting, and I'm seeing it more and more. And I helped a client on Thursday and Friday that I actually had to put into research mode because, so get this, I have a very popular blog out there called Outlook Cannot Log On. Uh, in the last six months, I created this blog for a reason because I actually had a fix for the current Outlook Cannot Log On problem. And when that problem got broken, I went and fixed it and updated the blog with the new blog. So now I've got two blogs that I'm ranked on page one with in Google, but neither one of them are actually 100% current because Windows 10 now has a new problem with, with Outlook 2016. And here in a nutshell is how I'm fixing it. And this is, you guys are going to get this before the blogs. Let me go look for it here real quick. Um, first issue is if, there, if that computer ever had Outlook 2007 on it, you got to wipe it all out and shred the registry of it. You have to, have to, have to. I, I, I know that that's been the cause for a few of my clients already. Is Outlook 2007 or Office 2007 just has to be out of the computer. And the Fix-It tool for Microsoft doesn't work so hot because because it doesn't have the operating system Windows 10 in the fix. I've tried it, and it says, this fix does not work with this operating system. So <laughs> you can't be doing that anymore, unfortunately. Um. So, I mean, as much as we love to rely on these quick tools and stuff, it doesn't always work. So then I just kind of did some testing because Outlook 2016 actually requires the auto-discover. I've talked about that. It doesn't allow you to do manual setup anymore of Exchange. So here's the problem that's coming up is some of these clients have old, outdated uh, Exchange uh, servers that never had auto-discover set up in the, in the control panel. So that's a problem. They can't talk. And um, so actually I have another client that I helped this week that had the same issue. So anyway, with that, you could only do auto-discover. And this other client I helped, oh man, I don't even know if I want to even go into that story. But problem is I ended up talking to the IT guy of this uh, who's managing the servers. And he said, yep, we don't have auto-discover set up. And I said, well, look. You guys, he's never going to get Outlook 2016 to work without that. And he was like, okay, we'll just have him use 2010 for now. And I said, cool. And eventually they'll move over. And, of course, I pitched my migration assistants on that. And they said, oh, we're going to work with Microsoft. I was like, oh, okay, good luck with that. <laughs> when you should be hiring me <laughs> to help. But anyway, just, just keep that in mind, folks, that Windows 10, Outlook 2016, old versions of Outlook has to be removed. And so what I've been kind of telling folks is just remove all, all versions of all versions of any office, reboot, install fresh, and that should be helpful. Because a lot of people have upgraded, you know, Windows 10 from 7. And with that, they had old office. It's very common. A lot of people skip 2010 completely. All right. So yesterday, I think, was what I called Freaky Friday. I had, like, very weird appointments on the books. And they were all, like, finishing up. 
just, you know, nothing really billable, but kind of, and a lot of it was just the snags of the week that all kind of ended. And I was kind of freaky Friday because I was like going into my day going, I don't even know where to even start. I seriously had like five lingering dramas and they all did get figured out. The, um, the, the guy helped late last night that I was just kind of like, I just want it over. You know how you just want a job to end. I mean, the client, he's awesome. His outlook, I'd been working on it for four days because mostly it was scheduling back and forth, but it was just getting long in the tooth. And the very end, he was working as outlook. I got that exchange set up for him. And it was the one that I told you he was on windows 10 and actually, well, anyway, of course, at the very end, his Gmail IMAP would not send email. And I was like, Oh my God, I've been on this for like a week. So I did all my troubleshooting standard IMAP stuff. And I figured out he needs a brand new download from Gmail. And that's what fixed it. So that's a tip for you guys. If you're working with Gmail, I'm uh, an IMAP and it doesn't send, I, you know, I have the standard stuff on YouTube that I've done, you know, IMAP folders and things like that, but, um, creating just a fresh one. That's what did it. And then I ended my week on a pretty good note. I think I actually get to start on Monday with all new jobs and nothing lingering, which is awesome. <laughs> Cause let me tell you that when you deal with certain issues for four days, it kind of, you get confused and I take good notes, but it just still gets kind of, uh, whatever. Okay. And then I want to talk about, I'm going to just call him G G is a fan of the show and a longtime listener. <clears throat> and he called me and said, Lisa, I need your help. I'm having a problem. And I, of course I love a challenge. So I said, Hey G let me remote in. And let me just tell you the difference between remoting into a tech machine which I have not done in ages versus an end user machine. G, this is kudos to him, had the most completely pimped out everything in software I could see. <laughs> As you can tell, it's been a while since I've remoted into a tech computer. Oh my God. I think he had like 10 drives connected and just all these little software things going on. I mean, I hate to sound stupid, but it was all techie nerdery stuff, checking stuff, you know? And, um, but basically what he asked me for was he had, um, a C drive and a D drive and the D drive was his kind of like default, I think for all outlook stuff. And because he was on IMAP and he was having problems, he did not want his new, uh, IMAP to be defaulted to the D drive. And that I have to say stumped me on that call because I was not prepared for it. And sometimes I do prepare for calls like, you know, like you should prepare, get to know what's going on. And I just took him on the fly. So I told G that I would look into it and get back to him and I'm going to do that. But if any of you guys know quickly, you can go ahead and email me, Lisa, call that girl biz. I don't really get a lot of people that have two different drives they're working off of anymore. I mean, in all fairness, a standard end user just has still one, one hard drive. And that's it. So if you have any advice for me to share with G, I'm sure G would love it. 
Okay, let's see what's up next, you guys. Well, I had that, that. Oh, boy, I am just tired from this week again. I was tired last week, too. And this month has been pretty good with sales, so I can't complain, right, if it's busy? It's busy. Um, so just keep in mind, if you folks are doing any old-school pop work, I did a job this morning for a client, which, I mean, you know what? I don't really work with pop anymore. And when I do get pop calls in, they're usually so easy. So I helped this client today and we had, uh, she just basically wanted me to create a new PST file for her 2016 folders, you know, for the inbox, everything went well during it. I did a migration consultation as well. So, I mean, it was kind of a half and half. She paid for the hour. I don't normally bill for the migration consult, so I figured if we went over the hour, whatever. But just at the end, when you think you're done with the J-O-B, right, what happens? <sighs> I set it up. I hit send receive, and here comes 7,000 emails downloading. I forgot to turn off keep a copy on the server, which is something that it's a 10-year-old, you know, back when – that's all we had was pop and very little IMAP. You always did that. Well, I forgot. So now I've got 7,000 emails in triplicate and duplicate coming in. And actually, it did duplicate the first time. Then I did it by accident again. And I'm sitting there like, oh, God. this this Just when you thought you were done, you know. I had one minute left, and I was so happy. And then, yeah. So then I had to go clean up that mess. Um, and the worst part is is that she calls me back and says, now nothing's on my phone. I was like, what? It stripped it off the phone? I didn't even know about that. So anyway, what I did was I cleaned it all up for her and, you know, got all the settings back and everything and turned it back on. But you got to, you know, it's funny is you can't forget those old things that we used to do all the time because we're working with new technology now that we think is all simple and easy. <laughs> Because let me tell you, when I saw that coming, oh, I just was like, oh, no. Ugh. Okay, gang, I'm going to have a couple more things, and then we're going to bring on the guest, Rob, from Soho Tech. I'm going to, this week, as a test of my new listenership, I'm going to give away an ebook to anybody that emails me and says, I heard about the free ebook giveaway on your show on January 16th. So just put something in the subject line. You could email me, Lisa, call that girl that biz, subject line, free giveaway. And I've got six books you can pick from, okay? And I'll send you one of them because to me, they're all the same. I got the social media guide, the manual of operations, the remote support book, which has two versions of it and it's done. I'm not doing any more updates on it. Okay. I got the SEO for WordPress, the Microsoft exchange migrations book, which by now is a little outdated, but I'm not going to do an update on that either, but the value is still good. There's still good info or the how to start a computer repair business. So if you want a free copy, put that in the subject line, free ebook giveaway, Today's date is January 16th, and I'll give it away till next Saturday, till the next show, okay? One book per person. I have at it. 
All right, and then I think I'm just going to close up the stories with uh, just, you know what, the business coach thing has been so awesome for me. I figured out six new things I needed in my life to systemize. And without going into full detail, I really, really think this is where I find the value of hiring someone to help me is we went through like where I'm failing at things for myself or feel accomplished or to get stress relieved. And I've got six new things coming up. And Rob, who is the guest coming up, is actually um, what my migration tech and is going to be my new migration project manager. So let me get him in here and we will talk forever to him. So just give me a sec, folks. We're going to take a pause break and I'll be right back. Hey, everybody. We're back with Rob from Soho Tech. Welcome, Rob. Hey, good afternoon, good evening, good feel morning. Like, feel like we've been talking nonstop lately. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of calls. <laughs> Rob, as I just said, has uh, turned into be my migration tech slash now moving into helping me manage the migrations at the admin level first because it's just getting to be too much for me, and I welcome Rob for helping me do that. And we're just starting in, so Rob, you're excited, right? Oh yeah, we've done uh, <laughs> we've done lots of projects before. We've done some Excel things. Uh, we've done some uh, Office 365 things. Yeah, he's the Excel tech. I talked to you folks about. Um, I just didn't want to state his name yet till it's official, but uh, he just did some snappy Excel stuff. So if anybody needs help, definitely, um, Rob, go ahead and tell your uh, phone number, your email. Sure. Uh, well, the website is SohoTechColumbus.com, and the phone number there is 614-323-4085. Great. I met Rob through uh, Technable, I think, and just through all the tech circles of stuff. He's part of – he listens to all the shows, and he keeps up with everything. And his background, I think, is corporate, though, right, Rob? Yes. And then so your uh, business is nights and weekends and anytime you can in between your personal life, which is a lot of how people are doing it. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, how's that going for and you? <laughs> uh, anytime, all the time. You know, there's no, <laughs> there's no off button for, uh, for tech support or IT uh, or any of that. So it's great fun. I love a good challenge and, uh, and all the changing technologies and, and all the different integrations. True, true nerdery at its best. Yes. Yeah, you work nine to five. That ain't enough. Let me just pile on more work. <laughs> uh, it's more like, uh, you know, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah. Well, that's, I think, you know, last night we were talking. I was like, do I ever leave my computer? You're like, no. <laughs> we're nerds. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyway, uh, Rob has a few stories for us about um, some of the stuff that he's done with his business in regards to um, office 365 and outlook. And I, I know Rob that you don't work in this every day. So your stuff is managed it how you want to do it. But once you go ahead and start telling us some of your, your dramas. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, it was funny. I was sending you an email. I had a client who I did their migration about a year ago and they had uh, 10 users and they had pretty much handled everything since then. So I had very few calls from them. I think I had one password reset uh, issue, but they seem to want to handle everything on their own. So that's fine. Absolutely. If they want to, if they want to do that, yeah. I give them, I give them all the documentation and, and if they want to come back to me, that's great, but I'm definitely not going to hold them hostage on that. No. So I get a call, actually a text from, from one of the partners of the firm, um, 
last week, and he's he's complaining, and he says he hasn't received any Gmail uh, from uh, from Gmail <laughs> over the weekend, uh, and he and he has several subscriptions, and he usually gets a lot of mail. So I dive into his portal, and. Uh, and, I, and I'm, well, the first thing I do is I check the Office 365 status just with Microsoft to see if there's any known problems or outages or delays or anything like that. So there's nothing there. It's all green. So the next thing is I go into his admin portal. He had me retain the credentials for that, which is something that I, uh, I either have customers you know agree to or decline. Uh, at the end of all of my migration projects. So if they if they want me to handle things in the future, it's easy. I can jump back in. Uh, mm -hmm. And if not, then absolutely it's all their information. So let me ask you this, though. Mm -hmm. You know, I love this. What would you tell them for billing before you started? Oh, I was going <laughs> to back to that at the end. Oh, circle back. <laughs> circle back. I wanted to skip that. That was going to be, uh, you know. Systems, gonna, systems. I'm thinking money. Where'd that money go? Not uh, not patting myself on the back for that one. Uh, <laughs> but I ended up, I did, I did send up him a bill at the end of this long saga, but okay. uh, I definitely cut him a break on the time. So I see that uh, he doesn't have any inbound mail from from gmail uh but there is other mail that's flowing so i talked to him uh about what's going on and then he since uh you know after that then he clarifies that he hasn't received any external mail well that's a whole you know different can of worms so the first thing i do is i check for his uh his mx record and I check and I see that there's no MX record. And I like to use MX Toolbox mm -hmm. as a site for that. And it says there's no MX record. So that's the first kind of red flag. The next thing I do is I look at uh, the www for his domain. And I see there's a domain parked, uh, you know, standard image. So my initial sus suspicion is that his domain has expired, mm. and he and he didn't uh, renew it, yep. despite you know probably getting several renew renewal notices from his registrar. So I check with him, and he says that he's renewed through 2017, and that the www missing website is intentional. He actually uses a different website for email. Or for uh, for for email and a separate domain for for email, so I think that's kind of confusing and maybe not the best thing for his clients. But that's his business; he can run it how he wants exactly. to. Exactly. Uh, so uh, I dive back into to the admin portal to see about the uh, the MX record, and I go through the little domain, you know, find and fix problems, and it has problems with all of the. The records, the MX mm. record, there's the auto discover, there's the MSOID, uh, a couple text records and a couple C names. So I get back in touch with him and I say to him, I said, did you know what's going on with, with the registrar? I don't have the domain registrar information, so I can't log in to, to check to make sure those records are okay, but they're definitely not showing up okay on the, uh, on the Office 365 admin portal. So he sends me the registrar information, and wouldn't you know it, he has changed domain registrars. Oh. So that ends up being the crux of, of his problem, is that he probably jumped on some boat of uh, some promo to get a, a cheap deal for registering the domain. Yep. And he didn't let me know, and he didn't move any of the records over. So by the time all of this information slowly trickles out and gets to me, 
I've been working on it. It's been, you know, a couple of days. So yeah. he, you know, his law firm has not received mail since late, late Friday night, Ugh. all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all day Monday. Uh, people are, are emailing him and they're getting bounced back saying, you know, invalid address. I'm sure everyone else in the law firm is probably pretty upset and trying to chase and figure out what's going on. So once he finally gets me the correct domain registrar login information, I go through and I add the CNAME records, the text records. Mm -hmm. Well, this registrar takes 12 to 24 hours for all the information to propagate. Oh, don't and tell it me. Might... Was it gate.com? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, so in my experience, when I've made other uh, domain, you know, registry, uh, MX record and other CNAME text record changes, you know, they always say give it a couple of hours, but it's usually within like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's usually pretty fast, but they have a, a service level agreement that they have to kind of promise that, that long lag time. Well, this one, I think, took every bit of the 24 hours because his his inbound email was spotty for the next 12 to 15 hours depending on who the sender was oh my god uh, but of course he says well how come i can send mail and sometimes i can send mail but not it's like well you know you have spf records some people are going to accept the mail some aren't you're going to accept some mail you're you're going to accept you know you're going to reject some of it mm -hmm. you just have to wait mm -hmm. so I haven't had a, a circle around with him since then, but but my caveat to him and and kind of the whole point of the story is, I I need to reinforce to all of my clients before they do anything with email, and this kind of goes back to to last week's with with Marvin talking about before you make any changes to the network or to the phones, so before you do anything with your domain or your website or with email, check with me to make sure you don't interrupt and accidentally kill your service yeah but rob that's just like how any tech support people are we tell them we prevent and then they go they don't they still let microsoft scammers in their computer you know what it's like as much as i'd love to say that they will still do it because there's somebody on the sales end saying hey you're gonna save five dollars a month sounds good <laughs> and they don't think about you they yeah, just bought that 60 bucks a year Yep. Well, I hope that, uh, you know, two and a half, three days of email being completely down oh my gosh. Was, was worth it. Well, he's he's a good example of he'll never do that again. But then you've got your other clients. And so do you plan on sending them an e email newsletter or just I'm, running off each one? Actually, that was one. <laughs> and that was one of the topics I wanted to cover later. One of the things that that I'm focusing oh, okay. on this year is improving communication with with uh with my clients so i've been writing uh one of my monthly newsletters like every month or every two months i send out a newsletter to mm -hmm. all of my clients and one of the things that i'm stressing in that not only advertising the hosted email and the benefits of it but reminding users hey before you make a change and you think you may get a deal let me know and we can have a 30 second conversation. Oh, that I cannot even stress that enough, but you know what? I've sent that out in newsletters and people still go to the big company and, and then they talk them into office 365. And then the big company is like, yeah, this will be a great migration four <laughs> hours. Unless you have 20 gigs of email, then it's going to take a week. I, I, you know what? I love it. And I, 
I, I hope you the best on that. <laughs> well, it, I wish know, the even, best for you. <laughs> even if it falls on deaf ears, that's I know. okay. Because you did your best. The, yeah, and the point of all the communication is whether it's residential or business or, or whoever you're working with. I mean, I, I deal mostly with residential and a handful of business. Yeah. But the point is to give them some suggestions, some reminders, some tips. There's a lot of Windows 10 uh, items that I'm talking about mm -hmm. now with my customers, especially because Microsoft keeps changing the status of oh, I don't yeah. know what the KB article is. But every time we try to make that little Windows 10 nag icon go away, they change something and it comes back. Yeah. So it, it, it's really to, to, to keep in contact with my client base. Uh, and then, you know, maybe I haven't seen them in six, exactly. nine, 12 months. And they'll say, hey, you know what? Oh, yes, I am having these problems. I should call Rob. I don't think that – and here's the other thing I love about newsletters, which I cannot say I've been the best at this last year, but I do know I've sent out over 150 of them, is that the second you send one out, you better be prepared for a day of answering little questions because they're not even going to read it all, but they're going to email you and go, oh, yeah, Rob, hey, da-da-da-da-da-da. So it might, the value of the newsletter is two-part. One is the content. Second is that you just popped up in their inbox. Absolutely. Which clients don't think that we communicate with them. Well, look, nobody calls us unless you're having a problem. They don't call us to say, hey, how's business? You know, so that little pop-up in their inbox reminder is good, even if the content they don't read. So good call on that. So how often <laughs> do you want to send those out? I like to send mine every one to two months. Okay. And uh, the, one of the pro uh, the products that I use, and that was something that I wanted to mention, is I use Mailchimp, which mm -hmm. actually Marvin was talking about last last time mm -hmm. as well. And I love Mailchimp. It's free for up to I think two thousand contacts. Gotcha. And you get reporting, and you can monitor it both on your phone as well as through the website. Mm -hmm. You can subdivide your different lists to different. Yeah. Uh, users, they can even update their own profile, and it's a real unsub easy unsubscribe process if people don't want to receive it. Yeah, that's great. I still use Constant Contact. Mm -hmm. I've got my templates of things. Are you on my list? I think so. Yeah, I, I, I just am kind of I'm difficult to switch, but if you haven't got into uh, institutionalized like me, um, Mailchimp does have a lot of new the fancy Metroy look and stuff. Um, I just go for the old school templates still, but I do know that a lot of techs do use MailChimp and they've had success with it. And also, I tried it. A, another good thing about MailChimp is after I think you send five uh, mailings out, you can start doing some A-B testing. So if you want to test out a certain promo or a certain discount or some feature, you can send out an A-B list. So users on the A list get one version and users on the B list get a different version and you can measure to see which does better. Awesome. You can do business versus residential. Absolutely. You can do that. Uh, <laughs> it's real nice. There's some, some good address importing features and I've been using it for about a year and a half and I've been real happy with it and the price is free, which is yeah. hard to beat, which is hard to beat. Yeah. I pay 90 bucks a month for mine. And even if I don't even do a newsletter, I pay it. And I'm like, why don't I do one more? Well, okay, Rob, it comes down to again. Oops, I hit my thing. Is It comes down to is I'm too busy to do it. But then you got to prepare for when you're slow. And that's why you do marketing. Mm -hmm. You got to always do it. So I'm, I'm just like, ugh, got to do them. Well, good for you. You also had some other things that you 
did this past year to analyze your business, right? Yeah, we were talking about it uh, the other day, kind of on our prep call, is that I was listening to uh, Matt Rodella and, uh, and Paco LeBron's podcast, which is great. If, you're, if anybody's not listening to that, you should definitely I just talked listen, about it. listen to that. Oh, great. Excellent. Um, yep. But uh, they were doing their, their 2015 year in review and talking about their 2016 goals. And, and I'd been working on that. And I really decided to focus on, on some specific areas of the business. Uh, I did some analysis of, of what things that I had changed in 2015, which is great. Because if you don't measure it, then you can't take action on it. Yeah. So I found that in 2015, my business was up 35% over 2014. And yet I had the same number of invoices. Yeah. So that's all about maximizing your value per per client interaction. Mm-hmm. So whether you decide to raise your rates or you are, uh, you know, reducing your costs or, or whatever services you're offering, that was very insightful to me. Also, I was able to to glean from all of my QuickBooks information is repeat customers are 75% of my business. Nice. So I'm not spending all of that money to acquire new customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's a testament also to service and quality. One of, the, one of my tenets that, that I adhere to and that I strive to, to, to provide is a high level of quality to these people that are, that are calling me. I'm, I'm mobile and remote, so I'm coming into their homes, I'm coming into their businesses, or if they're around the country or, or even here in Columbus, Ohio, I will do remote sessions with them. And I strive to not only answer all of their questions, which are varying from setting up new smartphones to configuring their wireless networks to, oh, by the way, I'm having this trouble scanning to the printer and I have this malware and also I have this iPad and can you also hook up the PlayStation to the network? (laughs) So, you know, all of that can occur on a single service call. Uh, yes, it can. Yeah. And if you get that a la carte from you know one of the other box providers, you're going to get a separate line item for all of those. Yeah. So I'm charging by the hour, so I'm able to touch all of those different you know technologies and solve all those problems. So I was I was looking at that, and I I provide a quality service to to my clients. So I raised my rates at the at the end of last year in December. And, you know, it, it kind of goes back to that project management triangle of, of cost and quality and speed. And you can pick two. Yeah. You know, the kind of that iron triangle. And, you know, for the quality of product and service and support, I decided to raise my rates. So they're getting the quality. They're getting the speed. They can, they can easily select time to reserve with me to accommodate their own schedule for mm-hmm. a night or a weekend, uh, you know, very quick turnaround. And for that, they're going to pay a premium. But and you didn't get, raise they're it getting, too much either. They're getting, they're getting the value there. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think I'm pricing myself out of, uh, you know, what's reasonable. If, you know, using all of these various products that, that uh, clients are calling me to support yeah. is – is a requirement for them. If you call somebody to uh, repair your electricity or your plumbing or your appliances in your house, you know, mm-hmm. you know, 
you're you're going to pay the bill at the end of it. So exactly. so I did decide to raise my rates and and in the last 6 weeks since I've done it, I've had one person cancel because of the cost. So I'm not seeing pushback from the clients at all. I, no. I see that they are not even batting an eye about yeah. the price increase. You know, I don't so think now, I even tell people when I do it. Well, I don't want them if <laughs> if, if it's a uh, if it's a new customer, then they might ask. But if it's a, if, if it is an existing customer, then they may you know balk and say, "Wait, you used to charge this." Yeah. And 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 I want to avoid that whole conflict of them saying, "Well, can I get a discount?" Or I was really expecting yeah. this, and and I don't want there to be that confusion. So okay. what I do for that is. I always schedule through my online scheduler. Mm -hmm. So even if they call me, I will go into my calendar and use my scheduling program. It's it's one of the competitors to, to yours that you were mentioning before. Uh, I've been really what happy. What is it? It's Acuity Scheduling, A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling.com. All right, well, send me the link when we're done. I'll throw it in the notes. Okay, okay great. There's yeah. probably a referral code, which would get me like 10 Yeah, bucks. I'm all for sharing any information that's good for the listeners. Scheduling programs kick ass. That's uh, all I got to say. <laughs> it's, it's $19 yeah. a month, and every time I see an automatic booking come through, it's, it's like, it, well, it's not money in my pocket, but uh, it brings a smile to my mm -hmm. face because I didn't have to go back and forth with somebody on the phone to find out when they were available and compare it to my own schedule. And... It's just, it's automatic. It's on their calendar. It's on my calendar. But one of the things that I like about Acuity is that in the message, the confirmation that goes to the, to the client once they schedule their appointment is I include a note about the rate and then I have a minimum of, of a half an hour and I have a cancellation fee. Mm -hmm. So that way they know up front, this is, this is what the fee is. Yep. So that that's one of the reasons why I like that product. I also really like it because after the uh, appointment is concluded, I have an automated message go out to the users, uh, I think five days afterwards. Yeah. Ask them how it was, uh, how they found the scheduling tool, did I meet all their needs and, and expect or, or meet their expectations? And if not, is there anything that I can do to, to resolve it? Yeah. So I, want, I definitely want to get their feedback and give them a thank you. Uh, and and kind of have that touch point. I also give them links so that they can sum submit uh, reviews to a couple of sites that I'm on for that. Cool. So it's a great way to kind of close out the transaction. I'm horrible at follow-ups, and you know what? That is that is something on my list for I was talking about earlier on the show before you joined is I built the Dream Team, which you're on that list, but the part of the Dream Team is uh, to have someone do the follow-ups for me. Because I'm trying to get out of all administrative duties. <laughs> That's well, you know, my dream. I got, well, I think I think it's those little touch points <laughs> that right. that are so valuable to users. Something else that I've done is I send thank you cards. Yeah. And this was uh, this was a suggestion I think on on Jeff Hallish's show from oh a year ago. Uh, so I got into it. I'm on Postable p o s t a b l e dot com, and you can enter in the recipients physical mailing address you can you enter in on the website a note mm -hmm. and then it gets printed in a handwriting type font mm -hmm. on a computer somewhere <laughs> and it gets mailed out to the user Cute. and Clever. so they receive a, a thank you note in the mail with a stamp and 
that's a really nice thing. You know, for yeah, for two bucks, you know, it's pricey. But well, I raised my rate so I can handle it. But uh, <laughs> but that's that's I think that's valuable. Yeah. Uh, you know, to send out a thank you note to people afterwards, thanking them for the service call. I mentioned a brief, uh, you know, something personal about the call of whatever I was working on with them. So it's not just a template of thank you for the service call. I look forward to working with you again. You know, there's something in there about setting up their wireless or something with the mm-hmm. printer or migrating a new machine or doing a, you know, a 365 migration. Uh, you know, it's something personal to them. Gotcha. And, Which and I'm sure appreciate is appreciated. It. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish I could do that. And I, I think I was going to send them out a Starbucks card. Yeah. But you know what? When I still spend all this extra time doing all the extra stuff, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, I, I just, I, I, I appreciate those that can do it. At this point, I'm not at that level. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I well, will we'll be. get there. We, we can get there together. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I tell you, Rob, it's it's been a blessing having you on there with me. I just am waiting for the next step so I can actually have you do more. <laughs> uh, I love I love doing it. I work, I know. Uh, you know, whether it's exchange in in a corporate environment or exchange online or or people's individual mm-hmm. Outlook mailboxes for whatever Pop or IMAP service they have. It's such an integral part of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, how often do you? Look someone in the eye, you know, rarely they're always looking down at their phone. But, uh, yeah. you know, maybe that's a good thing or maybe that's a bad thing. But, uh, well, I could tell folks that I hired Rob to help me uh, last year, I think, because I was getting to the point where I, I needed help with doing larger scale migrations, which you might chuckle and say 14 is not large scale, Lisa, but to me, it is. And, I'm used to doing one to six by myself. So when I started getting engaged, I think, Rob, didn't we do the one this summer that was 20-some mailboxes? Mm-hmm. It was pretty big. And um, a few other small ones here and there. But, I mean, I want to get to the next level, and I'm trying to scale that right now. And that's so – just to let you know, if anybody wants to borrow Rob, you have my permission. Okay? But once I get busier enough, then you don't have my permission. Okay? <laughs> It, it is nice to have a helper that knows Outlook. That and 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 I'll be honest, Rob and I um, have had some learning curves because he's used to a corporate environment where I used to work in the corporate environment, but I had to adjust the needs for the small businesses. So I've had to just you know be like, hey, let's do it this way. And Rob is so awesome; he'd be like, let's do it this way, and I'd be like, no, let's do it my way. <laughs> Because this is how my people are used to it. But in the corporate world, it's different. You know, it's totally different. Yeah, it's those, and it's yeah. those little personal touches of yeah. people relying more on contacts than a global address list. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, in a corporate environment, you're always going to reference the gal first and then your other. Yeah. But if you're in a, in a smaller business situation, you're going to look at your individual mm-hmm. contacts. So those kind of things. But, yep. you know, we do what works best for the user. Well, plus, I've, I've really worked with you mostly on learning the aftercare, which is just the stuff that a corporate environment people don't get in when, when they set up a new profile on a network, you just get what comes up on the profile. You know, that's how it goes. I've worked at uh, huge corporations like that. And it's the fine tuning that to me is what makes all these migrations I do really personable. There's probably more to learn, Rob, because <laughs> without no good, without every good system has to have failures. That's what I've learned. 
So well, whether you're you're still on you know 2010, 2013, or 2016, there's always something new. Yeah. And and that's kind of what we found with with all of our migrations is that somebody has you know there's always oh there's this little thing with his mailbox and oh there's this little thing with her mailbox and mm-hmm. oh you know client didn't tell us that they have you know this unusual configuration of you know Max or IMAP or Thunderbird, Thunderbird or, or, our or all or all three combined <laughs> together the Thunderbird uh, nightmare so, of 2015 yeah. when we're when we're doing those you know. <laughs> Every additional mailbox is 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 a bit much to handle, but oh, you're gonna love this though. I changed, you know, the form. I've given this out to everybody before. Is the Exchange uh, employee survey? You're gonna love this, Rob. I just changed it this morning to not say my computer is a PC, a Mac, or whatever. Now I've changed it to my operating system is, and I have all the Windows versions and the Mac and. I think I left it at that. I didn't add Linux in there. But the point is, is that this migration I picked up this morning, half the people are on our XP still. Wow. So that is critical to know before you do anything, because if they are to use Office 365, they are online browser only at that level. Mm-hmm. No, no software. And definitely, I think if they're on 2003, you're only allowed one exchange account. So, I mean, this lady had four exchanges that she wanted to view. I'm like, oh, no, you're going to give Outlook a stroke. This will never happen. So, <laughs> so that's why this prep work that um, I'll talk to you off, off show about, Rob, but I'm fine-tuning this to be better, the, the pre-migration stuff, because this is really going to get serious in terms of time and profit. Absolutely. And 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 we've talked before also about just, you know, client bandwidth. If they are, you know, we've had some situations where people have terrible bandwidth. And so Mm -hmm. the initial sync of the mailbox just takes hours and hours or or even days. Days. Uh, You know, there have been times where where clients have taken a machine home and it actually helps because they're at least somewhere else. Well, they're on a 50, 50 down, which in offices, it's like, what, 10 to 20 at best. Sometimes it's under 10. Well, who knows? But at least yeah. they, at least they had more people out of the office, and so that reduced the overall load. Yeah, take it home. That's that's why I, my my questionnaire, which I, I'll put in the show notes again. Um, but it's just so nice to have all those survey questions just available. So even if you don't need them, they're there, and uh, that's why I've spent so much time this year writing up new systems for stuff because eventually I just want to find run, running machine. But this is never going to be fine, is it? <laughs> There's always something new to learn with these folks of ours. All right, Rob, so you got some goals for 2016 you want to talk about, right? Sure. I have a couple of things. Uh, well, I'm, def- I'm definitely uh, excited to do more migrations with you. That's uh, that's always enjoyable. And, and just to see the variety of, of the way people are using their systems. You know, sometimes I take a, a nugget out of it as, oh, that's a good way to do things. Um, so that's that's always a, that's a nice benefit. Uh, but, you know, we've talked about before about having a business process. And, mm-hmm. and, I've, and I have formalized a lot of my processes. Uh, which is which is definitely helping me on my own bottom line. Yeah. But you know, no more free calls. Uh, and and I think my stock answer is going to be you know I really can't say until I look at the machine. You know, mm-hmm. let's set up an appointment uh, because I can't do it over the phone. I actually had one this afternoon where a woman called me. She's a longtime client, and she had a real simple problem. 
but I wasn't sure about the solution, and I didn't want to not only give her correct free information on the phone, I didn't want to give her wrong information over the phone yeah. and, and lead her down the wrong path. So we had a quick appointment this afternoon, and that was a billable appointment. So, you know, I'd, one of my goals is to, to stop giving away my time for free over the phone. Oh, so you manage expectations for you to make money. Absolutely. That's her, the, the, is this billable? Yes or no? Matt Rainey, my favorite. Yep. yep. <laughs> she, had, a... she, she had more than a yes or no question, but I definitely didn't want to give her the, yep. give it away over the phone. And even if it was wrong, I would have led her down the wrong path and it would have been frustrating for her. Yeah, I, you know, it's so easy for me still to jump in and say, oh, what the heck, I'll just help real quick. And then for me to go, why did I do that? That was dumb. I broke my own processes. I hate myself. And, and then I feel frustrated and want to cry. Well, that's what I did in that first uh, MX record. <laughs> I'm still kicking myself over that. But, uh, oh, by the way, Rob, I had a client one time set all their DNS to default. It took me a long time to figure that out, too. And th what it was was the sun actually did it thinking he was doing something smart yeah. and the sun did something really disastrous, you know? Well, there were yeah. a bunch of contributing things in that, you know, I got partial information at the beginning of he couldn't receive Gmail. And then later I found out he couldn't receive any mail. And then I found out it was everybody. No. And, then, and then I found out they don't have the website on that domain. They have it on a different domain. So it's like, you know, just give me, and also they changed registrars. So, you know, if I would have had all that up front, the whole thing could have taken 15 minutes. What was you know, the bill? Plus the uh, the DNS replication time. What was the final bill? Less than what it should have been. What would have? What should have been? I think um, I don't know, two to three hours. Yeah, and so time working on it because we're you know we're 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 scared to bill our full rate. I do that too. You know, you should have sent him a three-hour bill. But did you say that in the beginning, that give him a bill stroke? Right. You know? Yeah. That's, so, that's the thing is that it's hard for us to judge going into a job. Okay, this. Okay, so one thing I have been saying is with these Gmail and IMAP problems, I'm going to say one hour up to four. And that's up to you if you want to accept those terms because I don't know until I get in there. So it's like you. You could say, all right, I'm 139 an hour for this, and it might be four hours of work, man. So that's that's what I've learned, and that's how I keep getting the money in better. And I just had a fan mail, Rob, uh, yesterday from somebody that was joking, saying, God, I just love how you just keep sticking to your guns on that. I'm like, that's where my failure points are, and that's why I keep saying that, is you should have billed them the appropriate amount. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You should have. And I know you said you kicked yourself. So for those listening, is before you jump in a job, say this could take me minimum of an hour. Up to four, and then bill it right, and don't be scared of sticker shock if you told them. Yeah, well, I've done some. I've had some billing conflict with him before, and yeah. I thought it was something quick, and it's definitely on me for making the mistake on this. So yeah, you know, well, I'm you gonna, learned. I'm gonna eat it. On but this we one. all learn. Yes. And I think of this uh, this week. I don't think I got screwed at all on any jobs actually. None of my jobs, I, I build appropriately. I had nothing that I kicked myself for. Um, you know, I got some good leads for next week. But let me tell you, it's a lot to manage every day trying to think of a failure point while you're pitching a sale. You know, I mean, it's just so constant that you're never perfect. Mm -hmm. Never. And then you're like, oh, ew, I didn't do that. Oh, what happened? <sighs> yep. 
Yeah. yeah, it's a lot, especially when you're taking in break fix calls for and you don't have retainer clients. Like you've got 75% of your clients that are coming back to you. Mm-hmm. That's expected now. That's awesome that you did that marketing tracking, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, you know, and and that's one of the things that I did. Uh, I use QuickBooks, just local on my own machine, mm-hmm. and I started classifying users as either a, a referral from you know Google or Angie's List or a friend or you know mm-hmm. whatever it may be, or a repeat customer. So it's easy. I can look at the end of the month or end of the quarter or end of the year, and I can count up all the invoices and the dollar totals for the referral sources or a yeah. repeat client. And so that's how I find out 75%. I did, I did some end of year. Um, last year, I did 598 jobs in my ticket system, mm-hmm. 345 were new clients. All right. So that's about 55%. But that's not accurate because a lot of that work, those 598, I don't, that doesn't get added when I add on a prepaid ticket job. Mm-hmm. So, dang it, I think I figured that out too. But um, plus, migration work doesn't count because that's just one job. And that might have been 20 some mailboxes, see? So, I, the actual work I did was a lot more, but I did have 50 domain migrations last year. Yeah, so if you break it yeah. down by client or you break it down by dollar, you can see your cost of acquisition. You can see where you, you know, if your marketing efforts are, are paying off. And and I had some, and that was the whole point of it. Is that I had yeah. some advertising that I looked back and I saw the the net gains from that advertising were not worth it. I was acquiring yeah. more customers on my own than through this marketing effort. Yeah. So I so I didn't renew with them. No, I haven't paid a dime in marketing outside of my email system this year. Actually, it was last February I cut off Google Mm -hmm. ads. Went on my own. I guess I did pay for marketing because I had people do marketing blogs for me. So that does count, yep. But, you know, it wasn't like marketing advertising. It was just marketing assistants doing stuff for me. But, yeah, it's good to go through. if If you don't measure it, then you can't take action on it. That's right. And I see every every week, Google, 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 LinkedIn, referral, Google, Google. And I'm like, I'm at probably 80% Google now. Mm-hmm. So it, um, it means it's time to start giving Google love again. <laughs> Seriously, when I start seeing it go too well, I have to backtrack and go, let's get new partners. Let's go find new stuff because you can't rely on one thing. And even the people that do Google ads, you got to be careful. Someone come in and wipe out your ads. They can just say, hey, we're going to outbid you, and you're done. Yeah, that's scary. once you get into that escalating, you know, yeah. arms arms race, you end up paying a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of scary. All right, Rob, what else is on your list here? The only other goal I have for, for, two, for 2016, uh, besides cutting off the free calls, is increasing revenue per client. Mm. Uh, I, I have my, my dollar figures for, for the past few years, and my goal is to – by delivering quality and meeting all of their expectations, you know, handling all of their their service needs, at the high, justify my increased rate. Yeah. Uh, and whether it's, uh, you know, I went a little bit over an hour, and so I decide to round down to an hour instead of rounding up to to an hour fifteen, you know, uh, you know, an hour and a quarter. Stop giving away the free time. Yeah. So every every little quarter hour or half hour adds up. Well, I mean, the, th- the thing is for me is when I have to do the roundup or round down, 
is if I am on the phone talking to them for that full hour and 15 minutes, unless I messed up during that hour and had to go do something. Now, when I mess up, I eat that time. Because a lot of times in my world, I might do something that's a mess up, but it's not intentional, but it's the technology and I knew better or something. Mm-hmm. I totally will build that off, you know, but we're not talking a free hour, but you know, whatever. And I find at the end, you know, to go, yeah. Or if we talked personally about chit chat and stuff, I'll take that off. But rounding up is always better. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm not talking about abusing it and you know stealing no. that extra quarter hour i'm talking about you know it was a it was a you know a, a few minutes of you know my own mistake so I'll, I'll deduct that time but if we really went over and it just and it's merited yeah. i'm gonna i'm not giving away that extra time because that's you know 20 40 60 whatever the dollar amount is here and there over a year adds up that's right and then I loved it how you were saying that earlier. Well, it's just this. And it's like, yeah, but that does add up after a year. Yeah, you multiply that by 100 or for however many appointments you're going to have, 200, 600. That's right. Well, especially for you now, uh, one upsell for you is to start talking family fa- family calendar sharing. Yep. That's a huge upsell for people that do residential support is hook up some Outlook.com on those uh, Outlooks at their home computer and – Get their phone syncing, and that's a couple hours billable. Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, it's it's a uh, trying to get. I, I I don't know how a family would do it of of managing who's going where, and you know, people have baseball practice, or you know, people have things mm-hmm. at school, and people have different events and whatnot. So, yeah, all of those kinds of things are products oh, and services huge. that we can sell. And plus it's free. Outlook.com is free. It's a mm-hmm. small exchange server. Grandmas love it. Families love it. And it's what you get paid for is the setup fee. Hey, it works. You know, even if you just did it online with people and their iPads and iPhones, it's still awesome. Yep. Yeah. It's good. And that's where I do some of my work with that, but not so much anymore. Not so much lately. That's a nice kind of cheater way to uh, to consolidate information as long as people put all their different events in. Yeah, I've already seen some disasters, though, with that happen. <laughs> Got to be careful where you put some stuff, I've learned. <laughs> Remember to mark your private events private. Oh, man. Otherwise, they get shared with everybody. There's a lot of sharing going on. I love it. It's like <laughs> I have had people, I want to see my kids' calendars. And I'm like, man, these moms these days are serious scheduling fanatics. I mean, I helped this one lady with six computers in her house all on one calendar. Mm-hmm. It was like insane. And there was six kids or five kids, hers and five. Yeah, it's total six. It was just nuts. Well, everyone's coming and going. Yeah. All right, Rob, you got anything else to add there? That was it. That was just kind of my experience, my goals for the year. I hope this is kind of insightful or or would spark some thought or spark some conversation for people out there. And, uh, you know, we talked about I'm helping you with migrations. I've done some other Excel and some other work for you. If other people, you know, need some help or some suggestions, uh, drop me a line. Yeah. What's your username on Technible? Soho Tech? Soho Tech Rob. Yeah. Rob is out there always scoping the forums. Just like me, always out there, keeping an eye on everything. <laughs> All right, folks, just a reminder, you can pick up your free copy of my ebooks by sending me an email with the subject line, free giveaway, 
January 16th. I'm going to run it for a week. The You can check out the books on callthatgirl.biz slash publications. It'll be in the show notes, too. This is, uh, Rob, you didn't catch this because you weren't on yet, but I'm giving away uh, one e-buck to everybody that's listening because I want to kind of see how many people do this, you know? It's like a test. Mm-hmm. But, hey, that's why people give away stuff, right? So everybody gets one e-book, and then um, otherwise, if you want to wait till next week, you can just buy them all <laughs> for 49 bucks. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Rob, from Soho Tech being on our show. This has been a Hammond Hendrickson production. Audio is supported by Mitch Hammond. Thanks to our sponsor, App River, and Podbean for hosting the show. If you have a story to share and want to be a guest on the show, contact me, Lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. Uh, you can check out the show notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365. And I think that's it. So signing off. Thanks, everybody.